0: Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 222 of the podcast that was originally recorded on February 2nd of 2020. Today, I talk about Football Highlights 2052 on this Super Bowl Sunday, a game Kim and I have been playing recently and hopefully doing a video for very shortly. We've also been playing some Quacks of Quedlinburg along with the Herb Witches Expansion. I also talk about a few of the games I want to play like Maracaibo and Food Chain Magnate, The Catch-Up Mechanism and Other Ideas. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now and welcome back to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are in episode 222. Uh, This episode is being recorded February 2nd of 2020. Uh, so let's jump into a few of the games that we've been playing for the past couple of weeks here. I was originally going to release podcasts maybe around the 15th and the end of the month. To me, that seemed a little confusing after I kind of said that last episode. And then when I went to do it this, this time, because uh, the podcasts are not going to release at the same time every month or like on the same day. So I wanted to get back to releasing things on the same day. So I figured let's do every other Sunday So that's why I'm recording this on Sunday, February 2nd, Super Bowl Sunday. And one of the first games we're going to be talking about here is Football Highlights 2052. This game was published by Eagle Griffin Games, and it was designed by Mike Fitzgerald. Kim and I had actually talked to Mike Fitzgerald when we were at Origins, And he was, we talked to him a little bit about football highlights and said we were big fans of baseball highlights. We really couldn't wait to see um, what came of football highlights. We had backed this one on Kickstarter ourselves. We had kind of gone all in on this one because we kind of just wanted all of the teams that were coming out for this. And we're going to be doing a video for this one that hopefully will be up in the next couple of days And while we can't actually replicate the actual Super Bowl that's going on right now, uh, while they do have San Francisco in there, they do not have Kansas City as one of the teams. So we will probably have to substitute another team in in for them when we do the video. But uh, Football Highlights is actually a pretty cool game. It has some similarities to Baseball Highlights. Uh, So let's go into some of the things that you're actually going to do in the game. At the beginning of the game you're going to take this action deck which i believe is about 35 cards you're going to shuffle that up set that off to the side each person's going to grab a team of 15 cards and we just used the base team cards you can actually do a draft and the way you would do a draft is each team that's kind of pre-made of those 15 cards has five star players on there you would take those five star players take out the other 10 cards, you can put that in with an actual play deck. I think there's like 30 some cards in the actual play deck, uh, which are just extra players. You could shuffle those extra cards in from your teams and then actually do a draft. They actually have a couple of different ways of doing drafts in this game. You can deal uh, six cards out to each player, and then you will draft five cards from that draft, kind of going back and forth. Or you can deal... 10 cards out onto the table in front of you and the first person would draft one card the next person would draft two and then each person would draft two until it comes to the the last person having one card left they would actually get to flip over one more card from that play deck and actually choose between one of those two cards uh, that's there and then that would basically be the extra cards you would make um, for your 15 card deck so a couple of different ways you could do that you're going to be doing a draft at halftime as well that's jumping a little bit ahead of ourselves. So after you have your hand of fifteen cards, and like I said, when we've been playing lately, we we really haven't been doing any drafts. We've just been playing with the base teams of fifteen cards. You're going to shuffle those cards up, deal yourself ten cards, set the other five off to the side, as you could use those possibly for audibles. And when you have that card of ten, uh, that hand of ten cards in your hand, you will actually take one of those cards off, set it face down in your audible area off to kind of like your right side. And then you would draw one more card from the top of your deck. It's probably a good idea to always pick an audible card. This way you have a little bit more flexibility when you're doing your plays. You can call audibles on offense or defense. We'll get to that in a minute. But then the first player is going to go through and they're going to put down. The cards are double-sided. They will have a side with helmets on them which is going to be the defensive play. And then on the bottom of the card, they will have footballs on there, which is going to be the offensive play. There's uh, also colors in the bars along with that. You're going to have brown, which is going to be run, blue, which is pass. And then they actually took some, I guess, plays and some ideas from Australian rules football and a couple of other things. And they have like a pink slash purple Um, color bar as well and that is the mall and actually the mall is kind of like a wild it kind of counts as both a run and pass play there are some offensive plays that use the mall well those really aren't as strong they usually try to go for more yardage but it's much much easier to block against and and have a defensive play blocking that since either of your defensive plays can actually block that type of offensive play Um, On defense, it's a little stronger because that gives you the ability to be able to block then um, whatever type of play is out there. So the first player who is uh, the visiting team is going to set down their offensive play. And from there, the defensive player will set down their defensive play. And there's going to be a place where there could possibly be um, on the offensive play. There's going to be three possible places a football can be. There could be a football to the left, center, or right, or a football in each place, and sometimes multiple ones. The defensive play will have the same type of of ar- arrangement, but it will be the helmets. It could be one um, a football to the left, you know, right or middle, and there could be a couple of helmets there as well. And then basically what you're going to start doing is seeing if the plays match up and figuring out if helmets match up and then see which plays actually activate, so... We had actually found a really good, um, I guess for lack of a better term, cheat sheet on BoardGameGeek that kind of really helped us get the understanding of when certain plays kick off. And I will give kudos to... PJ Andy out on BoardGameGeek, who was the one that actually kind of created this play resolution cheat sheet that we were using. Like I said, it really helped us out understand it because he kind of just puts it in a nice little grid that um, if your play types match, so that would be if your offense is a run play and your defense is a run play, you would go to a particular column. And then if the helmets match as well, like if the helmet matches the football where that's at and... Um, from the offensive play, you can then basically figure out, okay, if the play types match and you have a match between the helmets and the footballs, it will be, you would apply both the offense and defensive play modifiers. And then you can adjust positive um, negative yardage accordingly. So the offensive play would activate but the defensive play could actually then subtract from there. So if I was trying to do a pass play for 30 yards and Kim had played a pass defense and it basically said minus 15 yards, I would actually gain 15 yards at that point in time. Now, if the actual play types didn't match in that type of regard, like if I played a pass and she played a run, but her helmets and the helmets and footballs match depending on the play that I was running, I would apply my offensive play. So if I was doing that 30 yards, I would do 30 yards. If she had a helmet that blocked my football, it would be five yards minus for every one. So let's say she had one football that blocked or one helmet that blocked my football. It would be only a 25 yard gain, but then it would actually get to draw from the action deck. And the action deck is that 35 um, deck of cards. I think it is that's off to the side. And that could possibly give you some additional yardage. If there is a... There's a couple of different icons on the cards as well for penalties and injuries. They pretty much only suggest using injuries if you're actually doing kind of like a season or or, or a league. Uh, so Kim and I started to do that. But with just, us just playing kind of single games against each other, we kind of said until we maybe do start doing a league, let's kind of just leave injuries out of it because it just it was just kind of a little too much. And it just really didn't seem beneficial to be taking people out of the game just for kind of one game. Um, But you can possibly get a penalty. Um, Let's actually get back to the play types mismatching um, and when the defense actually ability is going to go off. If you have your play types that match, but the helmets don't, the offense is going to activate and they're basically going to get their yardage. And then if you basically have your play types don't match and the helmets don't match, you will actually get to apply the offensive play and actually draw from the deck as well so in the one instance where your play types match but your and your helmets match that is when the defense ability is going to activate and that's when there could possibly be uh, a penalty you would flip over that action card deck which is going to be that deck that you kind of flip over that shows you the additional yardage and there is a place for penalties on there You could possibly have something against offense or defense. Uh, So it randomly varies um, from what it sounds like. There's a good mixture um, that's equal between all of the type of penalties. On that card, there's also an icon for injury. It would tell you what would happen to a player if they were injured. And one of the things you can actually do in the game as well is, of course, kick a field goal. And when you're going to kick a field goal, there are numbers along the side of the board. The closer you get to the end zone, the smaller that number is. On your actual offensive play card, there is a number right at the bottom of the actual character picture that's there. And that number, I think, ranges from 1 to 5, I think, on the actual cards. I can't remember if it's 1 to 5, 1 to 4. And whatever the number is on the, on the sideline... You would, you have to get equal to or greater than that number. So if I was like at the five yard line and it had a three next to that five, I basically need a three or higher with my card. So if the actual play card I had out had a one on there, I would lower an action card. If that had a two or higher on there, those numbers added together would actually be three or higher. And that basically just means I would score a field goal. Normally when scoring a touchdown in the game, you're going to just take the seven points. A field goal's three. You can get a safety. Kim actually got a safety against me the other day when we were playing. She actually backed my defense up a couple of times and actually scored a safety against me. That's two points, of course. And you're going to be going back and forth. And the interesting thing is when you play your defensive card after the, After the play is over and the offense, you know, everything's been kind of like figured out, the offensive player is going to set their card off to the side and they have a chance, uh, four chances before they're actually kind of like resets because each person starts out at like the opponent's 45 yard line and that they're trying to get into the end zone and you have four chances to reset. And you're going to take that offensive card, set it off to the side. The defensive player is going to take that defensive card that they played and flip it over to the offensive side, and that then becomes their offensive play. And then the defensive player will play a card, and you're going to go back and forth doing this uh, until each player has played all 10 of their cards. And that would be halftime. Right at the end, uh, right before halftime, the last card that the starting player played, they're going to have to draw blind off the top of their deck which is going to be what you could use for audibles. And the interesting thing about the game is audibles in the game, if a defensive player calls an audible, there can only be one audible called per play. So the defense player has a chance to call an audible first. And if they actually choose to call an audible, the offensive player then in turn cannot call an audible. If the offensive player calls an audible, the defensive player cannot then call one, because like I said, it's basically only one audible can be called per turn. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. And Kim and I ran into a couple instances where, you know, you were looking at possible gains and different times to call audibles. And there's definitely a lot of strategy um, there in calling an audible. You can only call three audibles per half. There is an area where you will set the cards for your audibles uh, during the game. And when you're choosing your cards for your Audible, you can always choose that card that you set face down kind of at the beginning of the game in your Audible spot, or you can just choose blindly off of the top of the deck of the few cards that you have left from your original hand of 15 cards. So there's always some choices. You know, if you, know, if you, if you have a really good 15 card deck and you have some decent cards that were left over that didn't get drawn, you know, calling audibles is a way to possibly get to those cards and try to get maybe that offense or defensive play that you're kind of looking for to come out into the game. Uh, we've been having uh, quite a bit of fun with this game. Once we kind of got the play types down and the play calling down and, and figured out what activates when, which, which was a little confusing at first, I think the, the rule book could possibly be aligned a little bit better it seemed that the playbook kind of jumped around and just didn't have a real nice flow to it. When I was reading through it, uh, as I was reading through it, you know, you would get to one section it would say, okay, there would be like a highlighted section in red that would say, okay, jump to this section to read about this. And I think it would have just been better if everything would have just been, had a, had a little bit better of a flow to it rather than jumping to different sections at different times, trying to figure out and just read everything, you know, chronologically kind of like in order i had a little bit of trouble with that uh kim had a little bit of trouble with learning the play types and like i said the match but once i kind of found that cheat sheet on board game Geek, it definitely cleared up quite a few things for us and we didn't have to refer to the player aid as much and i think that little grid was just a little bit easier to understand uh it would have been maybe neat if they would have actually turned the play aid into something like this as opposed to just More text that was kind of like almost copied and pasted right out of the rule book, which kind of just shrunk down what was actually stated there. Um, Besides that role thing and trying to figure out some of the things in the game, uh, when you are playing this game, it really does kind of feel like you're having a a good game of football going on. I'm really interested in hoping that they actually come out with more teams uh, because neither of our favorite teams were actually in the base set or in any of the actual expansions or promos that uh, they had come out with for the Kickstarter. And, you know, we were a little bummed about that, but they did include banners for all of the different teams in the league and on the back side of the banners they actually had all the different baseball team colors and everything so that's actually kind of interesting because they gave you different scoreboards they gave you three different scoreboards two of them have the football highlights um kind of like font on there well the third one actually has the baseball highlights font on there so you can actually you can put together two scoreboards from the little grommets that they kind of give you in the box and so you can put together maybe a football one and a baseball one and then just leave the baseball one in the baseball box and actually use that for your score for your scoreboard and baseball and just use all the different, you know, team name tiles from the football game in both. I thought that was actually kind of cool that they actually did that and kind of did a backfill into the baseball highlights game. But if you like football, if you're looking for a pretty good football game, I have to say this one actually has a pretty good feel to it. I'd be interested to maybe play a league to actually see how injuries would come into play long term when you're playing through um, with multiple people in multiple games and possibly having the opera or having the ability to lose people in the games. That could get kind of interesting. So but like I said, Kim and I started to play with the injuries at first and then we kind of just decided to stop. Since we were just playing one off games, it kind of just seemed silly that you know the player was maybe just out for like the rest of the half or the rest of the game or something and then they were coming back in so we kind of weren't playing with that definitely playing with penalties and everything and and the rest of the game um, actually was really good so we're having a really good time with Football Highlights 2052 from Mike Fitzgerald so one of the other games that Kim and I have been playing recently is Quacks of Quedlinburg and we actually played I think maybe we played one of one of the ba- one base game of Quacks of Quedlinburg. and when we bought the game, we picked up both the base game as well as the Herb Witches. So after playing once and getting a good feel for the game, and it's this game definitely isn't that hard to to get a good feel for one play, and you're definitely ready to add in the expansion. I think the actual first time I played the game, I learned with the expansion, so it was a little easier for me to just jump right in and um, continue on playing with the Herb Witches. But the Herb Witches adds in a fifth player to the game as well as a couple of new um, spell components as well as some kind of like endgame goals that uh, you're working on during the game and some cards that let you use coins One that give you kind of like one-time abilities that you can use during the games, which are the actual Herb, herb Witches themselves. And there's there's a real nice mixture of extra components that they give you. So there's multiple ones... ...multiple witches that you're going to be able to shuffle from and choose from in different combinations. So the strategy that you're going to use is always going to be a little different. So if you've never played Quacks of Quellenburg, this is a bag drawing game. And by that I mean you're going to start the game off with a bag of kind of like spell components. And you're going to be drawing those. And each, comp- each different spell component that you draw is going to kind of like move around in a circular fashion in kind of like your brewing kettle and once you get your cherry bombs that equal seven or higher your actual potion will explode and that's the one thing you want to make sure doesn't happen there's going to be different um, ingredients that you can put in there that are going to increase your path along that or you know where you are along that circular path And each different spot that you get to will give you either more points for buying um, some additional components at the end of the round, as well as some score points. If you do explode, you only get to either score points or get the coins to purchase more ingredients. So you really kind of have to watch what you're doing there. So it's, it's really interesting. There's a lot of different ingredients. There are a couple of different ingredients purple and black, I think it is, that aren't available at the beginning of the game that actually get introduced in the in the later rounds of the game that can add to it. And there's actual different cards for all of the different resources, all of the different um, spell components that give them different abilities. So you're going to shuffle those up at the beginning and then deal those out. And it's really interesting that a lot of the different... Uh, abilities that can be you know drawn for a game really will give you a different strategy as to what colors you want to concentrate on, what different ingredients you want to mix into your bag, and how you're going to score your points for the game. I've played where pumpkins you know can really work good with certain colors one game but then they work better with other colors another game. So you really have to pay attention to the cards that are drawn at the beginning of the game during setup, which let you know how and why you're going to be scoring your ingredients you're adding to your pot. It's a lot of push your luck in this game because you're drawing from your bag blind. You don't know what's coming out. You're hoping to get a lot of the different colored components you put in there and staying away from those cherry bombs. Because the cherry bombs you have in your bag are numbered 1, 2, and 3. And, you know, if you start off and you draw your 3 and your 2 cherry bomb right at the beginning, you're already starting to stress out because you basically have another 2 in your bag and then several 1s. So once you hit that 7 or higher, you have that chance of exploding. So you have to figure out how far along the path do you want to push it. And it just makes for a very, very tense game. I can easily see why this game was voted for the 2018 de Jahres winner. I mean, this this game definitely is a lot of fun. It's, there's a lot of strategy to it. I won't say it's very heavy, uh, but I also won't say it's, you know, really light. I think a lot of the, the choices that you get during setup and the difference that the expansion adds to it, especially with the coins and the different witches make the game really really fun to play um, it's good with both two to four players i don't know if i've ever played it with five which i think the herb which expansion does add the possibility into play for a fifth player i think i've only played it with up to four but i played it with two and four people multiple times and i have to say it's a very very good game if this is a game that you have not gotten to the table yet definitely definitely try to get this one to the table as soon and quick as you possibly can because it is a lot of fun Uh, they actually do have upgraded components that they sell on board game geek those are actually very nice one of the games i've played we actually played with those and i will say i would love to get them but they basically cost just about more than the price of the game So that's going to be a gift either Kim or I get for each other, maybe for birthday, for Christmas or something. It's not just something we're going to run out and purchase um, on our own. But um, we had a lot, a lot of fun with the Quacks of Quedlinburg, the Herb Witch Expansion. Definitely a game that will jump into easily my top 100, probably into the top, you know, 20 or 30 or so. It is a lot of fun. Uh, Kim and I both love bag building games and games like this. So this is definitely a, a lighter version of a lot of the games we like from that type of genre of game. So those are a couple of the games we've played this past week. What are a few of the things that I want to play? Um, one of the games I'm really interested in trying to play, um, if I can ever get my hands on a copy of it, is Maracaibo. That game is from Alexander Fister, and I believe it's published by... Capstone games here in the U S and Alexander Pfister is definitely a designer that I really enjoy his game. Several years ago when he had released great Western trail, that was my number one game for the year. Um, I'm really interested in getting my hands on Maracaibo and seeing what um, this game is about. Uh, Just from reading the explanation and description on board game geek, you're going through the Caribbean sailing around. Uh, So I love games like this almost like a pirate style game where you're in the Caribbean and his games normally are just a knock out of the park for me. So anything from him normally is going to be good in my book. So I'm really interested in getting my hands on this one and and being able to play this. Can't wait to actually do that. And the other one that I really would like to get my hands on, it is one of my top 10 games. I think it might have been in my top five, actually. I can't remember when we did our top 100 games um, a year or so ago. Um, Food Chain Magnate, the catch-up mechanism and other ideas. This is an expansion for Food Chain Magnate. And if you've never played Food Chain Magnate from Splatter Games, it's definitely... How will I say this? It's definitely a heavier game. Uh, This will probably be one of the games that will probably make you walk away from the table with a headache the first couple times you play it. But there's just so much strategy. And once you get an understanding of of how the game plays, it's it's not that difficult once you get an understanding of it. It's just learning the strategy and figuring out how to become good at the game and how to basically being able to, you know, get the most money and collect the most money while you're playing the game. And I'm really interested to see what the catch-up mechanism and other ideas are going to add to the game. I think there's like five or six additional items and mechanisms that are introduced within this expansion that you can tie into the main game. I don't think you're going to be adding them all in at once. I think you're supposed to add in one or two or so from what I was looking at. So I think that'll be really interesting, give the game a lot more replayability. Although the base game has a lot of replayability because there are just so many different things that can happen during the game that can change how you want to go about doing things and how you want to grow your company and just you know try to expand and and make the money in the game so those are two of the things that i want to play and i think that's going to be it for this week's episode kim and i are going to get back to playing some football highlights here and getting ready to do a video for that so hey as always send me some emails let me know what you're playing now you can send those emails to what i'm playing now at gmail.com on BoardGameGeek, we do have a guild over there, Guild Number Two Four Four Zero. On Twitter and Instagram, at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. On Twitch, we are Twitch.tv/What I'm Playing Now, and our YouTube channel is YouTube.com/What I'm Playing Now. Um, I'd like everybody to go out, play some games, and of course, hey, let me know what you're playing now, and we can always talk about it here on the show. Until then, everybody, you have a great week gaming, and we will see you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye bye.